0: hey there guys and ghouls
1: you're tuned in to broadcast from the belfry an environmentally friendly podcast for tree-hugging morbidly curious folks
0: my name is sanjay baker i was born one day before the day of the earth yeah that's correct and sitting across this internet from me is georgia georgia how are you doing today
1: just ate a very hearty meal and i kind of just want to go to sleep but i'm here
0: i might go to sleep way too soon we'll see a person that also sleeps a resident of this earth who has seen a tree hopes on the ones and twos social medias what is good
2: um well zero is being extra cute right now I'm just looking out my window mm-hmm. so Doing pretty good.
0: Heckin' yes. We have announcements for you guys today, and I know exactly zero of them, so Georgia, yes. take it away.
1: Are you gonna count for me? Nope. <laughs> oh. Okay. Number one. <laughs> I have a correction to make. Last week I said like an idiot that my mom's house was listed in the Magna Carta. Houses aren't listed in the Magna Carta. I'm an idiot, but my mom's house was old enough to be listed in the Doomsday Book. The end.
0: Cool. Number two. Yep. I'm counting. I decided.
1: Oh, okay. The Patreon shout out this week goes to number one fan, number three patron Tyler. The end. Oh, cool. Do you have anything to add?
0: Nope. Oh, okay i saw tyler's knees like a week and a half ago i think that was a good time saucy yeah he's got good knees
1: number three is that water or gin just straight glass of gin
0: not today no there's there's gin in here but it's not just gin uh it is a a gin and seltzer it's been the only thing i drink during recording for the last few weeks and it's it's a drink that i like now it's pretty good made with aviation gin you know which is apparently impossible to find now which is awesome. In addition to Wellers. So if anyone's a Wellers fan, I'm hi. sorry. Uh, it is a whiskey you're going to have a hard time sourcing.
1: Did you come to say hi to your adoring fans?
0: Georgia is, as you may obviously know, talking to Stu right now, who's been lurking behind her for the last few minutes as we were doing our pre-show <laughs> stuff.
1: No, he left out with the thermometer. But Luna's here. She says, bow down before me, mortals. Hi.
0: And on uh, mortals immortals, my immortals. <laughs>
1: unmortals.
0: <laughs> bow down before uh, me, my immortals.
1: <laughs> God, that song. Announcement number three.
0: I thought we did that one already. Or did you just say three? You just said three. I said three, three and
1: then... Okay. Luna entered, and no, then I asked if you were drinking gin. That was not an announcement, that was a question. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, well, t- fuck me I, then, I guess. <laughs> uh, what's number three, Announcey?
1: Announcement number three. Send us your listener stories. Send us your fan mail. Let us send you stickers when you send us two dollars. Join our Facebook group for memes. Uh, yeah, sell us your souls. I don't know.
0: That was a thick announcement, dude. Are you kidding me? That was like eight announcements in one. I'm not excited for announcement number five, four, five, four, four.
1: Announcement number four is a question.
0: Ooh. That's what I fucking thought. (laughs) What is it?
1: How was your birthday?
0: Oh, my birthday was pretty good. Uh, we are recording on the Day of Earth, as the listeners might have put together, and my birthday was yesterday, so it was pretty all right, um... I got two gift, and I got to eat Chinese food, and...
1: Did you also get a weird voicemail?
0: I saw that Stu called me, but he called me when I was working, when I was shooting. I also had a shoot yesterday, which was really cool. Uh, Should I listen to that? I assumed it was an accident.
2: No, you should listen to it.
0: Okay, I'll listen to it later.
1: The effect is diminished by this point, but mostly he wanted to you know cuz he's an 80-year-old man. So instead of texting people happy birthday, he likes to call them because he's Aww, an 80-year-old man.
0: That's so nice.
1: Um and I think the effect was for you to call him back, but
0: oh, you can just I forgot. message.
1: What the fuck when um when you listen to it.
0: <laughs> okay, sweet. I'll do that. <laughs> uh yeah, so I did that. I also, yeah. I'm uh, did a lot of things. A whole lot of things. I'm really tired. <laughs> That's it. More tired than normal. And my head hurts really bad.
1: Laughing is the best medicine.
0: Also, medicine is the best medicine. Laughing's yeah. probably, like, number four. Not to diminish clowns. We, we are very pro-Juggalo here. But, like, I, I'm i not going to go to Chaco instead of, like, Dr. Uh, Loki Sky Lizard. Who? Fuck. He's in Missouri. He's in Springfield, Missouri. So, uh, the... One, the tattoo artist that I want a piece from the most, everyone go check out Mike's garbage art and everything. They're really talented, and they're a big old nerd. They are in Springfield, so I'm definitely gonna just, like, post up next to Dr. Loki Sky Lizard signs for a while. And I'm super excited. So, that's, yeah, whenever Missouri's safe to go into. I'm not, I don't think that... Never. Yeah, well, yeah, it's never safe. It's the meth capital of the world. But, like... In a COVID sense, slash, a people spitting in my mouth sense, I don't want to go there right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, she looks so happy. Uh, cool. Announcement number five.
0: Big five.
1: Is Happy Earth Day? Did you know that the guy, quote unquote, credited with founding Earth Day is a convicted murderer?
0: <laughs> I mean, from the earth we begin, and from the earth we d- return. You know ashes to ashes and what, dirt to dirt
1: <laughs> and that's what number five is a long one because i'm gonna tell you about this real quick however okay if you google founder of earth day it definitely says senator gaylord nelson established the first earth day in 1970 and that is not who we're talking about so i don't really know why people are saying that he founded earth day but anyway
0: i mean if you just say anything you enough google- people believe you
1: yeah, there's a lot of shit that I've read today about this that didn't make sense. First and foremost, his name is Ira Einhorn. So his nickname is the Unicorn Killer because, like, German, Ein, One, one horn, Unicorn Killer. Um, And, you know, normally when you Google, like, Ted Bundy, it says American Serial Killer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This guy, it says Peace Activist. <laughs> Which, like... Google fix your shit it should say murderer
0: but also there can't be any discourse or any conflict if everyone's dead already so maybe that's what they meant Who maybe. knows? it's all about interpretation
1: well so what happened was 1977 the, the good old days his girlfriend named Holly Maddox broke up with him she goes back to his apartment to get her stuff because he said he was going to put it in the trash. She was never seen again. He said that she left to go get tofu and sprouts.
0: They're going to say like, Sprite. It's like, i got to get my daily dose of tofu and Sprite. Healthy, balanced nope. lunch.
1: Like, fucking alfalfa sprouts. The neighbors started complaining of the smell. They always do. And 18 months later, her body was found in a trunk in his closet partially mummified
0: 18 it took that 18 long
1: months. 18 months yeah
0: what the fuck what the h e double fuck
1: so that was in 79 when they found her body the trial was supposed to start in 81 he fled to europe right before it began where he lived under in hiding for 17 years got married and everything and he had already been arraigned before that So they tried him in absentia in 1996, which is where, like, they go through with your trial, even though you are physically not there. And that ended with him being sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And the next year, in 1997, he was arrested in France. But France was... France denied his extradition because they thought the government would be skeevy and whatever. And so Congress passed a bill called the Einhorn Law, which basically grants a new trial to anyone who is convicted in absentia. And France only allowed the extradition to happen once the bill was passed, and they couldn't legally reverse it.
2: Wow. And so in
1: his new trial, he claimed that the CIA killed Holly and framed him because he knew too much about psychotronics and psionics research that they were doing during the Cold War. And a bunch of, like, (laughs) whack-sounding stuff, I don't know. But he got the same sentence, life without possibility of parole. And I saw a bunch of articles about, oh, the founder of Earth Day died on Earth Day and all this stuff. But he actually died on April 3rd of last year, so I don't know where that's coming from either. He did not found Earth Day and he did not die on Earth Day. But... But he's the father uh,
0: of Earth Day either way.
1: Yeah, and someone, like, made a joke that he composted his girlfriend and, like, all <laughs> this stuff, like...
0: I wonder if that's, what, like, actually what it was, is that he was, like, the Earth Day killer because of stuff like that, and then it's just kind of gotten away from him.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Those are my announcements. already getting educational. Uh,
0: announcement for the week from Sanjay, I... I had to start working in office or like decided to and i'm probably gonna do it next week as well and fuck what was i going to say there was a thing nope forgot already what was are we talking about today? that
1: you decided to
0: yeah i was just like getting really burned out of everything and i was like i should probably start moving like some of my things around in my life and seeing if that helps you know new perspective everything still sucks, but you know, whatever, I'm 27 now, so that's neat.
1: But you get to look at a different wall for eight hours a day.
0: (laughs) It's literally it. It's literally it.
1: (laughs) Great. This episode I also kind of picked for you because it's something that you requested at some point a while ago. Do you have any guesses?
0: Uh, magma. Nope. Mm, why swords go
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know if you could hear that sound effect
1: but... I could hear that sound effect Sweet, yeah Uh, Okay, also now We're sticking with true crime time
0: That doesn't sound like Because we're talking about
1: Ed Gein You definitely asked Oh, no, this I story. did
0: Yeah, no, he's the guy from Mindhunter yeah. yeah, that dude seems super interesting I'm into this
1: Nope Fuck Ed Gein was not on Mindhunter then Who
0: is he? <laughs> That was BTK. Ed Gein
1: is the Buffalo Bill guy.
0: Oh, no, he's Ed, the guy. Ed from...
1: Kemper. Yeah. Ed Kemper is the guy in the first season of Mindhunter.
0: Yeah, I'd never
1: Same name, you know. I was very close. different, very different killers.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, this is the guy from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Or kind of, not really, but kind of.
1: Yeah. Both yeah. have mommy issues, I guess. All right, anyway. Edward Theodore Gein, born August 27th. 1906 A
2: nefarious Cros-
1: day <laughs> Yep, La Crosse County, Wisconsin His parents were named George and Augusta They did not have a happy marriage But they stayed together Because Augusta was a crazy Lutheran And uh, she, she was kind of like a, a religious zealot, I guess um, So she didn't believe in divorce Ed also had an older brother, Henry. I think he was, like, six years older. Augusta ran a small grocery store, and then decided that the town was full of people, you know, scum of the earth. She didn't want the outsiders to influence her sons, so she bought a farm outside of Plainfield, and the family moved there to live. And Ed only left the farm to go to school, He was bullied a lot for being effeminate and also just being weird. People recalled that he would just laugh for no reason to himself. Um, So apparently that made him creepy. I guess depending on his laugh, it could go either way.
0: I think no matter what, if you just start like laughing like out loud, like not giggling to yourself or like chuckling. If you're laughing to yourself enough for people to comment on it repeatedly, it's like probably a little bit unsettling. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's true. Also, his mom scolded him when he tried to make friends, which is pretty sad.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, she was... She sucked. She told Ed and Henry that all women, except her, were prostitutes, the world was immoral, drinking was evil, even though their dad was an alcoholic. Uh, She read the Bible to them, mostly focusing on the Old Testament, you know, the good stuff, the Mm -hmm. fire and brimstone, Mm -hmm. divine retribution, murder stuff. (laughs) <laughs> also can you believe it she was super abusive <laughs> she told them they were going to be failures like their father she didn't let them socialize whatsoever so like growing up they only had each other um but yeah she was like uh, she was gross so george the dad died in 1940 of a heart attack And the brothers started working some odd jobs to help make money. Uh, They still lived with their mom. They both worked as handymen. Ed also did some babysitting for neighbors because he said that he felt more comfortable, like he could relate with the kids more than he could with adults. Around this time, Henry started to get worried that Ed was too attached to their mother in not good ways. Mm -hmm. And became like disillusioned with everything that she preached. And so he started talking shit about her to Ed when they were off doing whatever. So in 1944, there was a brush fire near the farm and Ed and Henry go to deal with it. And at some point they are separated. Ed reported to the police later that he lost sight of Henry. And after the fire was out, they organized a search party to look for him. Strangely enough, Ed was able to lead searchers straight to his brother, who was nowhere near the fire. He had bruises on his head. He was dead. Uh, yeah.
0: I feel like that's a pretty bad cover.
1: (laughs) Yeah, police kind of ignored any signs of foul play. The coroner listed the death as asphyxiation. Um, but there were investigators who were pretty sure that Ed was responsible somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. So that leaves Ed living alone with his mother and their weird relationship until the next year, 1945. That's when Augusta died. I think she had cancer, and that led to her having a series of strokes. And Ed is quoted as saying that he had lost his only friend in one true love, and he was absolutely alone in the world.
0: I mean, it's cool to be friends with your parents, but, like, maybe not that much maybe
1: yeah your one true love is your mother
0: but then he went to the strip club also can we just back up a little bit like the fact that she said to ed that every woman except for her was a prostitute that's just like economically not feasible if literally every woman was a prostitute (laughs) you wouldn't be able to make a living wage off of it like it wouldn't make sense like it yeah, it's it just does it does not make sense. And when he had his first econ class, he should have been like, mm, "I don't know about that, momski." Pretty sure this isn't Look, how supply and demand works. She's
1: charging you ten bucks. I'll charge you five bucks. I'll charge you fifty cents. Get over here. Everyone's just trying to undercut each other. Yeah,
0: everyone's just giving out fifty cent handies. Like it's the fucking like I guess early nineteen hundreds. So never mind. Maybe a handy was twenty cents. Anyway, keep going.
1: Just <laughs> with inflation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: with inflation, it's probably like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. Ten
1: bucks. <laughs> uh So he stayed on the farm, but he boarded up all the rooms that his mother used, so like the entire upstairs, the living room, the downstairs parlor, and he basically confined himself to live in a small room next to the kitchen. And so he had his bed, and then the kitchen was right there, and he spent most of his time reading anatomy books, pulp magazines, and adventure stories when he wasn't working his odd jobs to earn money. Fast forward to 1957. The owner of the local hardware store, Bernice Warden, disappears. Her son told investigators that Ed was in the hardware store the night before, and said that he'd be back in the morning for some antifreeze. And the last thing written by Bernice before she went missing that morning was a sales ticket for antifreeze. So the investigators head out to the farm. Mm-hmm. And um, But they all wish that they had never done that. They found Bernice in the shed. She had been decapitated and her body was hung upside down and like laid open. So she was being dressed like a deer, like a field dressing. Mm-hmm. And her head was found in a burlap sack. And allegedly it had nails through each ear that were tied with twine to like hang it up.
0: So it's like a lantern, like her her head was like a lantern. That's neat. Yeah, that's not, that's not, yeah, that's neat.
1: Take a deep breath. They also found bones, uh, everything I say, just assume that it's human. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bones, bone fragments, four noses, nine masks made of human skin, ten female heads with the tops removed, as well as bowls made from human skulls. Nine vulvas in a shoebox under the bed. A pair of lips on the drawstring for the blinds. A lampshade made from the skin of a face. A wastebasket made from skin. uh, Skulls on his bedpost, like making his bedpost. Organs in the fridge. Chair seats reupholstered with human skin. Nine faces mounted on the wall like hunting trophies. A shirt including... Breasts hanging in the closet Leggings made from skinned legs A belt made from Nipples And another head in a paper bag
0: When you say there are organs in the fridge You mean like the instrument, right?
1: <laughs> Just like <laughs> yeah. yeah That's You open the fridge and that Davy Jones Playing the organ yeah. in there <laughs> Yeah. I...
0: He got? He killed this many people before anyone was like, "Oh, a weird thing is happening."
1: Nope, he did not, actually. What? So, obviously he was arrested, most of the objects were photographed and then destroyed. There is some like controversy as to what was actually found in the house versus what is now like kind of oral Hearsay, which i think is becoming like lore or legend almost
2: mm-hmm.
1: so during his interrogation ed told investigators that between 1947 and 1952 he had visited local cemeteries about 40 times to dig up recently buried bodies and he claimed to be in a trance-like state through most of that He said most of the time he woke up from the days and went home empty-handed without disturbing a grave. But the times he didn't wake up, nine times, he allegedly didn't wake up. He dug up the graves of women that he found in obituaries, and he thought they resembled his mother in some way. And he took them home, tanned their skin to use during his craft time. (laughs) that um, time. Yeah, and investigators kind of looked at him and they were like, this scrawny dude, he can't do shit like that by himself. And then they exhumed the first two graves of the women he allegedly dug up and they were both empty. And so he was like, okay, we won't judge you for being a scrawny bitch, I guess.
2: Mhm.
1: So he also told them that after his mom died, he decided that he wanted a sex change and his reason for robbing the graves was to create a woman suit so he could pretend to be a woman. And he was also accused of necrophilia, but he denied those accusations saying that the bodies smelled too bad.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And he also told them at that point that he shot a bar owner named mary hogan who had been missing since 1954 so about three years at this point and that's why they found an extra head in the paper bag what
0: so he just had like her like how wouldn't it be like super gross at that point or did he like okay yeah
1: Dried out a little bit, mummified maybe, or just rotting or whatever.
0: Okay. Depending
1: on the conditions of the house.
0: I assume that that house is not very family friendly.
2: I hate to say this, but he was an excellent craftsman. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more of these pictures than I had seen before. And they're disgusting, and I'm going to post them with a pretty severe trigger warning. Um, he was very talented.
0: I guess he had a lot of free time. He didn't have friends. Or, I don't oh, know. Oh, you sent yeah.
2: pictures, oh boy. <laughs> um, the nipple belt really gets me. I, ugh. Yeah. Ooh. But, he, I shouldn't be impressed by this, but he, he made candles out of skulls, and that looks dope. Um, I, I wish they were not human. <laughs> I wish yeah, they the were nickel, plastic. the bell is just
0: just, just call it a bibble. It is what it is, you know. I'm not going to say uh, thank uh, you. <laughs> I refuse to say thank also you. Also, <laughs> a mm, Tackless. Mm.
2: So.
1: 5 days after his arrest he was arraigned on one count of first degree murder and he entered a not guilty plea by reason of insanity and he was found mentally incompetent and unfit to stand trial so he went to a mental state hospital facility in Madison and then the next year in 1958 his house was burned down most people Um, suspect that it was arson and he just shrugged it off and said just as well like (laughs) yeah I know my house is fucking weird and probably no one wants to buy it so
0: might as well collect all that insurance Yeah.
1: also that year his car was sold at public auction 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 Jesus (laughs) (laughs) and it sold to someone who had a carnival sideshow and you could pay a quarter to see it And that's the car that he would take to the cemeteries to haul his dead bodies back.
0: Do you know how much it sold for?
1: Oh, okay. $760. So, inflation...
0: It's like 8 Gs. Like, roughly. Dude, people would pay so much more money now, like, for, like anything like that like if there was a guy right now that was making people suits and making lamps of people's faces which i wish i hadn't just seen i hope it's real fake <laughs> i'm gonna pretend it's fake uh like it and he had a car or she it's 2021 uh that shit would sell so fast for so much like 100 someone's paying like easy six figs
1: yeah well, keep that in mind. We're going to come back to that. This this is one of those episodes where I take another left turn. Much like last week, I got distracted by a museum.
0: I'm so... I don't... Yeah, okay. We're learning today. We're learning.
1: You requested this episode. I want to remind you. I
0: didn't think it was going to be this gross. I thought you just killed people. You know, that was be careful
1: it. what you wish for. So... Um, yeah, you could pay a quarter to see it at the sideshow. And then, let's see. In 1968, his doctors found him sane enough to stand trial. So it's been like, what, 10 years? It lasted a week, and he was found guilty of first degree murder, but still legally insane. So he went back to the mental hospital instead of prison. Mm-hmm. The county sheriff, who was like one of the main investigators, His name was Art Schley, I think. F-C-H-L-E-Y. Schley. Schley. I like Schley. (laughs) Uh, He was accused of assaulting Ed during his questioning. Allegedly, he banged his head and face into a brick wall, which made his original confession inadmissible as evidence. Okay. (laughs) And that really messed Art up. He died of a heart attack a month after the trial, and he was only 43. Fuck. And his friends and family said that he was traumatized by the case. He was worried about testifying, especially because of the assault thing. Mm-hmm. And all this led to his premature death. And they say he was just as much a victim as the women. Which I really fucking Okay. Hate. Cool. <laughs> like,
0: sure you were, dude. No.
1: <laughs> Not even.
0: Like, talk when you're abducted from work murdered and get your dick turned into somebody's bracelet like it's not fucking happening
1: (laughs) so like i'm sure being one of the people to have to go into that house and see all that shit yes that's traumatizing i'm not gonna say it's not but you weren't a person that ended up in that house as those objects so Mm -hmm. not the same Uh, Ed died in 1984 from cancer. He was buried at Plainfield Cemetery, but it was constantly vandalized. People would chip pieces off of his headstone and keep it as a souvenir. And what was left of his headstone was stolen in 2000 and found uh, near Seattle in 2001, and it's now in a museum. One of the few things that survived the purge of his artifacts and the burning of his house is his cauldron. Did you like soup? Let's take a break here for this promo from histories and mysteries. Um, If you like what we talk about, you'll like what they talk about. And um, yeah, Sandra's gonna drop some random knowledge on us and then we'll talk about the cauldron at Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum in Vegas.
0: First, yeah, history and mysteries—they rhyme, real cool. We stand. Second, fuck Zach Baggins. Let's <laughs> let's take a minute.
2: This is histories and mysteries. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley, and this is your other host. Jessica, And on our podcast, we talk about fascinating history like the history of witches and Cleopatra. We talk about creepy paranormal like the black-eyed kids in possession, and true crime stories like cults and serial killers. We also often mispronounce words and mess up common sayings like bang for your buck. So if you want to come laugh with us, or at us, we don't mind, check out Histories and Mysteries. That's Histories, Ampersand Mysteries, and we're found on all major podcast platforms.
0: Georgia, can I borrow you for a minute?
1: Are we talking about mushrooms?
0: We're not talking about mushrooms. We're talking about me again.
1: Oh, okay. This
0: is song cast from the song Tree.
1: Self-indulgent so... crap, but that's what you get when you give people microphones.
0: <laughs> yeah. So one of the one of the two things I got yesterday was some socks from one of my friends that are covered in cats, because you know, I have a very specific brand. I like cats, I like long socks, and that's that's it, boyo, you know? So we're talking about socks today. Okay. So I got, you know how this thing works. I got three things, three three facts. Two of them are truths, one of them's a lie-o. I will read the things to you. Have you decide which one you think is fake right off the bat. I will tell you a fact about these things. You can change your answer if you want. And then we're going to see who's right and who's wrong. Are you prepared?
1: Okay. No. All right. So if I get it wrong, then I sound like a bad friend.
0: That's true. Cause you don't care about my socks enough they're very cute. uh
1: i am the one who snapchats you and you never respond to me anymore so that's you true shove it up your butt
0: yeah i'm forgetful <laughs> all right so fact number one the word sock comes from japan number two
1: okay.
0: a family of fora loses over a hundred socks a year and number three sock city is real
1: i think
0: number one so far number one so far all right let's go back yeah. to the top the word sock comes from japan soksu is a loose fitting slipper that was worn by kabuki actors they had no ties oh. or buckles and were made from leather or woven fabric number two a family of four loses over 100 socks a year so many socks are lost every year that there is officially a social holiday that celebrates us every year. And number three, Sock City is real. There's a city in China that has become known as Sock City because it produces so many socks. 40% of all the socks made in the world.
1: Okay, well, China sounds believable, given how many things are made in China these days. Also, I was reading, uh, like, I've been reading a lot of Amazon reviews lately because I've been looking to order, like, my archaeology gear online, Mm -hmm. and people get real shitty in their Amazon reviews about whether something's made in China or not, like...
0: It really doesn't matter. Like, I don't, like, you're still going to get the product, and it's probably still going to be from China. Support local business if you care about where your things are from. You can't not support local business. And don't also- buy shit on
1: amazon if you're yeah. like mm, was it made in china
0: exactly eat shit deborah <gasps> i'm sorry for your name's deborah and you listen to this podcast we're friends i promise
1: so okay i can believe that lots of socks are produced in china um i still think number one and if you tell me i'm wrong i am gonna fact check it
0: are you gonna lock in that answer yeah. You are unfortunately correct again. The <laughs> word sock comes from the word sock actually comes from the Romans. Uh, it is in reference to the footing or the footwear that was worn by actors, but yeah, not not Japanese. So cool. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> a family of four does lose on average 120 socks uh, per year. Sock well, Memorial Day is May 9th. Yep. and Coming up. Number three. Uh, Sock City is a real region. Uh, it is the Dantong region located in eastern China. It is said that enough or that it is said that enough socks have been made specifically in this region in this region alone that everyone in the world currently could have Two pairs of socks. Dang. That's a whole lot of socks.
1: Yeah. Also, a hundred pairs of socks to get lost is a lot of pairs of socks. I mean, I know I'm not in a family of four.
0: No, one hundred socks.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. No, hundred individual not-
0: socks. It's like fifty pairs. It's not bad. <laughs> but it's also strays and randos. Yeah, that's
1: a lot.
0: Don't have kids. I
1: know. I'm super anal- Okay, that's true.
0: If you want socks, don't have yes. kids. That's the that's this episode's theme.
1: <laughs> I bet kids come home from school at least once a week with a sock missing and I can't tell you why. And that's one reason why I will never have kids. I get super anal. If I lose a sock, like I will look behind the washer and dryer and like double check all of the like nooks in the washer and the dryer to make sure it didn't get lodged somewhere. Because I want to know where that fucking sock went.
0: (laughs) Then just go away. That's part of the thing. That's why you have to have a memorial day for a sock specifically. Otherwise, there's one sock.
1: There's one sock that's missing in this household right now. (laughs) It's one of Stu's socks.
0: That sounds right. He probably got eaten by Suki.
1: Suki's a good girl. She doesn't need socks.
0: She does farts and faces.
1: Also, like, be a responsible pet owners.
0: Yeah, be a responsible pet owner. Don't. Turn your pets into socks. Let's keep talking about a cauldron, I guess.
1: <laughs> Ed Dean's cauldron.
0: Yeah. A children's book I'm not gonna read.
1: So, uh, I first saw about this being a thing on an episode of Deadly Possessions, which is like a ghost adventure spinoff, because after Zach opened his museum... Then he had to make a TV show in his museum about all the things that are in his museum. I
0: thought you were going to say Deadliest Catch, and I was honestly much more excited about that. (laughs) I was like, Ed Gein likes cooking crab? I'm here for that.
1: That's what his was for. When I was in high school, me and my mom used to regularly try and talk my dad into going and being one of those Alaskan crabmen. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's season one, episode five, if anyone wants to watch it. I think it's still on Hulu. So let's start with this part of the episode description that I got from the Travel Channel website. It says Zach acquires a cauldron once used by an infamous serial killer to cook human body parts. I get that Zach maybe does not have like any input with that aspect of you know the TV show mm-hmm. thing, but I'm already annoyed with it. It's definitely exaggerated for the sake of drama. Because, first of all, Ed is technically not a serial killer. Um,
0: Just a murderer.
1: He's a murderer.
0: And in, uh, in other things. He's
1: not but... a serial killer. Um, technically, serial killer is defined by three or more, and if you include his brother, then yes, that makes three victims, but also doesn't take into account other characteristics you know like mm-hmm. semantics but i think it's not good marketing and it's spreading false information also there's no evidence that the pot was used to cook people he never admitted to cannibalism that doesn't mean that he didn't do it but that's never been like a big part of the ed Gein story
2: uh, he also never participated in necrophilia because, quote, they smell too smelled bad. Smell too bad, yeah.
1: I did, just I
2: thought, stink. I think I said that earlier, but yeah.
1: That is what he said. Um, but
0: that's why you have to cook the people, then you get the stink off that dead person's stink, you know?
1: Like, I get that there were organs in the fridge, but maybe he just put them in there to keep them from getting stanky while he was, you know, doing the bits with the skin. I don't know.
0: Maybe he was going to just wear the organs like uh, like Lady Gaga's meat dress. Yeah. Edgeen fashion icon.
1: He did it first. Who wore it better? Edgeen or Lady Gaga? <laughs> uh but yeah, so like there's no evidence that the cauldron was used to cook people in, travel channel. Um, some people suspected him of cannibalism, especially after they found all this stuff in his house. But maybe he just used it to put organs in while he was cleaning out bodies, or maybe he used it to tan bits of skin for his craft time, or
0: or maybe he you know? had like a, a wildlife preserve and he would, you know, give the animals human organs because of sustainability. <laughs> Tying it back to Earth Day, always.
1: I feel like that gets into some like Robert Picton territory, but
0: I don't know who that isn't that the guy that was uh, uh the the vampire in Twilight. Uh yeah. Oh. No. You sure about Robert Picton?
1: He's a pig farmer in Canada who fed his victims to his pigs.
0: They'll eat everything. No one appreciates okay. my Twilight joke. It was it was nope. Robert Pattinson. So I was
2: We know. <sighs> I was muted, but I giggled. Thank you. Mm. I was just
1: ignoring it. (laughs) Uh, By the way, can we just acknowledge that general admission tickets for this fucking museum is $48? It's
0: not worth it. That's not worth (laughs) me almost getting haunted.
1: Like, if I were in Vegas and I had to spend money on one expensive, frivolous thing because I was in Vegas, I'd probably pick it over many other things, but I would not go to Vegas just to go to this museum. That's for sure. I would go to Philadelphia just to go to the Mütter Museum. I would not go all the way to Vegas to go to Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum.
0: I hate how fake his name sounds. He sounds like a shitty bard, and I fucking hate it. I think that's <laughs> what gets me the most.
1: <sighs> no. Uh, here's my thing. So a part of the about section on the museum website is about Zach and how he's been into the paranormal since he was 10, and he would go to garage sales with his mom just to find weird or spooky, odd things to collect, and I'm like, yeah, Zach, so did a lot of us weird kids, but we did not take that and make it our entire identity like it's unique. Mm-hmm. We just found each other and now we're friends. You have made this into your identity and that is the only thing that you have as an identity. That and your fucking affliction shirts.
0: Yeah, when's the last time you went to Chili's, sack Baggins? Huh? <laughs> when's the last fucking time you had a nice, <laughs> medium-rare steak with your homies and we're a family? I didn't think so. Sponsor us, Chili's.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, he gives... He gives the weird kids a bad name. That's my beef with Zach. Well, that's one of my beefs with Zach. I think I got a lot of beef with Zach. I think that's you do. Part of it. You've got a. And he's just a big exaggerator, and he thinks everything's a fucking demon when it's not. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the place that I went to, he. Oh, if you want to hear about that, uh, we released a Patreon episode mm-hmm. where I talk about a haunted place that I went to that Zach Baggins also went to. I literally just remembered that if you were not a patron, you would not understand why I had feelings regarding Zach Baggins and acknowledged who he was initially. So, yeah, check that out if you want. It's uh, $3 a month, it'll go to my crack cocaine habit that I'm starting in my 27th year, so...
1: Yep. There's also our, um... Episode 50, where Carly and I went to Pithian Castle. Again, Zach talked a lot about demons. There are no fucking demons there. Didn't even have a ghost experience, so...
0: It's because you weren't a believer. Carly almost had a ghost experience.
1: That shit was weird, but... uh, Anyway, listen (laughs) an episode 50, if you want to hear about that. Anyway, so... Zach makes weird kids look weird, and that's part of my beef with him. You have to sign a waiver before you enter the museum, too, uh, because they have some particularly they they do have some shit there that I would not fuck with, like Peggy the doll.
0: I don't know who that is.
1: Well, you, you're never gonna hear who that is from me because I don't want to talk
2: about it because I don't want to be cursed. Oh, Thanks, Please Peggy. explain basically like you know about annabelle yeah yeah. yeah. yes annabelle is based
1: on annabelle is based on peggy
0: i thought there was i I thought that was a different doll though
1: no oh annabelle is based on peggy and she's a raggedy and doll
0: Mm -hmm. if you have red hair georgia hates you oh no i sorry about that i have red
1: hair most of the time (laughs)
0: Dude, uh my statement stands, I'm just okay, saying. Okay,
1: fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was originally owned by, like, a nurse or something, and uh, she would always be found to be in spots where she wasn't left, and allegedly attacked, like, one of the nurse's friends and all this crazy shit. And now if people, like, you go to the museum and you look at her and you talk shit, and... There are all these accounts from, like, people who have talked shit about Peggy and then got into, like, car accidents on their way home from the museum. Fuck. or Like, just start having nosebleeds and shit like this. Hmm. So, thanks, Peggy. We love you. Covering our asses. Thanks, PG. PTD, that's what they call her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's, uh, there's RTDs, Robert the Doll, and... Um,
0: and RDJ Robert Downey Jr.
1: Yeah. Robert Dahl Jr. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh my zero? nose. My nose hurts. Okay. I'm really paranoid now. Look at that little nose. Big nose. He's got big nose. Oh, I can <laughs> see
2: his little teeth.
0: Oh, he got him's got big teeth. They're always out. Yeah. He's so he's so Big hunter.
2: He lost one of his tiny teeth oh, no. in the very middle of his mouth. And so he's got a little gap on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got a little gap. Just like me.
1: <laughs> but mine's on the top. Okay. Oh. So what had happened was, in 1958, there was an auction to clear the house of its belongings, because, you know, why not? And this lady, we're gonna call her Grandma McIntyre, because I don't know what her name is bought the cauldron because she thought it would be a good planter.
0: I mean, like, if you don't know what it was potentially used for, I mean, yeah.
1: So allegedly, a family friend named Hollis Brown, who was supposed to have been a neighbor to the Gein farm, said he recognized the cauldron while he was at the McIntyre house as the one he saw when he was doing volunteer cleanup of the Gein house with the police. And I'm going to read this excerpt, which uh, is posted on the Cult of Weird website. And it's from an email that Dan McIntyre, the grandson of the planter grandma, sent to the author of the article. His name's Charlie Hintz. And Dan is the guy who sells the cauldron
0: Charlie Hins sounds like a nowhere. guy. Charlie Hins sounds like the pseudonym for like an off-brand riddler. Like yeah. my name's Charlie <laughs> Hins, and maybe I'll tell you where the bus is hidden with all the children, if you can follow my hints. Just like terrible. Oh
1: my god, that does make sense. though. okay, so Dan writes. Hollis saw many terrible things. He told me upon entering the home, he saw a woman's breast as the doorbell. Inside, he saw a skin lampshade, a comforter or blanket made from human skin, furniture made of skin slash breasts, bloody gut buckets, a changed purse made from a woman's vagina, a belt with nipples on it. When Hollis saw the cauldron in my parents' garage, he recognized it as the same black cauldron that he has seen Ed's parents used to render hog fat on the farm. He also recognized it as the same- that grosses me out more than intestines, but okay. He also recognized it as the same cauldron- maybe fat's just a theme tonight, and that's why I'm grossed out by it. He also recognized it as the same cauldron in one of the outbuilding sheds and remembered Ed's sinister use for it. He remembers the cauldron was covered in dry blood and guts next to two barrels tubs Of body bloody human entrails intestines the writing is really weird sorry 50 years later hollis recognized the cauldron in my parents garage and turned white as a ghost i asked him how does he know it was the same one covered in dry blood he lifted his arm and said the hair on my arm stands straight up every time he looks at it in my parents garage so Take that as you will. It seems like some pretty poor evidence for everyone else to be saying without a shadow of a doubt that this is definitely Ed's cauldron. Mm -hmm. And, like, the only proof you have that you know it's the same cauldron is because... Your hair
0: stands on end. Your
1: hair stands on end when, like, maybe the cauldron just looks the same and that creeps you out because it's a traumatic memory. Uh yeah. And I feel like people are probably just calling it a cauldron at this point to make it sound creepier, you know? Yeah. You could just call it a cooking pot or like, so like a, a, a pub
0: stock pot. Or... <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, it's a bathtub. You ever light a fire <laughs> under your bathtub and just rinse some pig fat and maybe turn it into a planter <laughs> later? <laughs> Gross.
1: So fast forward to twenty fifteen it was sold along with some other things allegedly owned by Ed at an auction by the grandson Dan and Dan contacts this person uh, Charlie who runs the Cult of Weird website and Charlie writes this article about the upcoming auction of the grandma's stuff whatever that goes viral that's how Zach learns about the cauldron and of course Zach wins the auction because he has too much money that he yeah. He has more money than sense
0: he's got that uh, huh
1: <laughs> <laughs> um and so he wins a cauldron and he also wins a shovel that was supposed to be ed's at this auction
0: that's his people shovel
1: yeah probably i assume that they're like oh the shovel came from Ed Gein's house he must have used this exact one for digging graves
0: Even though, you know, people just have shovels sometimes.
1: Yeah. Um, So there was some continued communication between Charlie and Dan, and in that, Dan said that he thought the cauldron had a dark energy, and that he believed the energy had been dormant while it was in storage in his parents' garage, and that when they were preparing for the auction and disturbing the space, it had been reawakened. He said that he would get ill around it, the electronics wouldn't work, he would get uneasy or dizzy when he was near it. And he was on this episode of Deadly Possessions talking about how much he hated it. And I guess there was also a group of paranormal researchers on this episode talking about the experiences they had had after buying Ed's alleged skis at the same auction. (laughs) I don't really picture Ed Gein skiing, but whatever.
0: I, he could have, he's a multifaceted boy. Yeah, you know. I know.
1: <laughs> I did watch this episode, but I think it was like a year ago, so I don't really remember much about it. And one commenter on this article on Nicole's Weird that I was reading, Bob, he said that he wasn't sure that the cauldron represented such evil, which was like a quote from the article, because Ed was legally insane and that he, Bob, prefers to reserve the term for sane people. Which I was kind of like, yeah, Bob, cool. You tell him. I don't know why, but I liked his statement. I think there's a lot of, like, nature versus nurture arguments here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yes, he would have always had problems, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. But, like, if his mother hadn't been so abusive and isolating and religious in a not good way would he have turned out the way he turned out would he have done the things that he did
0: i mean you like you're fostering certain things but there still has to be hints of that there you know like yeah i don't think he would have you can't just go from like zero to a hundred like exactly there has to be like parts of you that are interested or like
1: well that's like twisted what I'm... in a way yeah yeah well, like, if he was found legally insane, they don't really give a cause for that. So, like...
0: I don't know, dude. Yeah, I think... Was
1: it, was it like, a genetic? Was it... I mean, this was the 50s, so there was a lot less on, like, you know, mental health research done at the time. But, like, was it something that her abusiveness and, like, preaching just turned insidious that wouldn't have been like that if he was in like a healthy you know family home
0: Mm, it's all about circumstance like he still probably would have like so i took that like insanity plea one as like them trying to preserve a unique person's life you know um and also like that's your job i guess as a lawyer um that's not I guess that is what your job is is to like make someone either innocent or guilty so like that has to be taken with a grain of salt initially and that a lot of stuff can be spun that way but it seems like he probably was slowly like uh there was like a tiny crack initially maybe in his like sanity or in the in the orb of glass that is his brain slash person But like his mom's like aggressive preaching and like hyper negativity and like the circumstances that he was in with his dad and everything kind of like made the crack bigger and bigger until eventually it got to a point where he could dig up a person, you know? So like maybe he never would have he probably would have like, I don't know, done something weird at some point in his life, but I don't think he would have been like deemed clinically insane. If his but also the
1: fact crazy. that, like, he wasn't allowed to socialize, and socializing is where we learn a lot of, like, norms and what's mm-hmm. acceptable in society, and so, like, how detrimental was that to, I mean, regardless, I think that you know that digging up graves and killing people is wrong, I'm not saying that that's not something that you learn but
0: i mean but if no one ever directly told him don't ever kill anybody yeah don't directly or no one told him don't his mom is preaching
1: all of the murdery parts of the bible at him so he probably you know maybe associates that with religion in some way
0: yeah he's like you know what's really cool murder let's do that homies
1: yeah i just this is like one of those instances where i don't know i like a lot of People will bring up nature versus nurture with, like, serial killers, especially, like, Ed Kemper and Ted Bundy. But I think this is, like, a better case to argue those things. Not that I want to argue, but you know what I mean. Like, it's Mm -hmm. a better foundation for a discussion about it because Ted Bundy was just a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't special.
0: And was upset that he wasn't special. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the media made him look like he was special. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wanted. And, like, he didn't have a shit childhood. Like, yeah, you could be butthurt that you were raised by your grandparents instead of your parents, but...
0: A lot of people do that that don't end up doing what he did.
1: You were still in a loving family, like... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I also think that a lot of... Because there's because it was the fifties and documentation wasn't quite as what it is today. I think there are a lot of aspects of the crime scene, especially that have been kind of exaggerated. And like I said earlier, like turned into legend or folklore or whatever, mm-hmm. you know,
0: something Zach like, Baggins would care a lot about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like all the reports mentioned the nipple belt. Mm hmm not all of the reports mention the doorbell Mm -hmm. or you know like there are things that are consistently mentioned and that there are pictures of and then there are other things that are like just hearsay
0: i also feel kind of bad that i laughed when you said there was a a breast doorbell but that's just so funny like i imagine (laughs) it's like a novelty item like like you go to a frat house and like yeah there's just like a titty that like you press the nerp and it it ding-dongs that's hilarious (laughs) If he actually made that, not so much. But That's also so much. he made a he made a made a, a Yiddie into like a functional doorbell. that in itself is impressive. I don't know. He has a leather worker, an electrician, amateur electrician. Yeah. He he was doing it all. Murderer <laughs> He's a triple threat.
1: I mean he he was a true handyman,
0: so mm-hmm.
1: he could even make gloves out of hands probably.
0: That was Ugh. one of the pictures.
1: Yeah, that was. <laughs> he did.
0: Which is um, also funny, but like, not at the same time.
1: Funny, but not. Pop culture time. Pukutu. I only got three things. <laughs> I don't know if there's more, but I got three things. The first, of course, being Norman Bates. um, Psycho is the go-to when we think about Ed's mommy issues. So, I guess Hitchcock's movie came out in 1960, so like three years after the trial. But the book came out the year before, in 1959, written by Robert Bloch, who I've talked about a bunch before. A fun fact that I read uh, yesterday was that when he was writing the story, he was only 35 minutes away from Plainfield, where Ed was living. So, mm-hmm. hi Suki. Are you still stinky? You rolled in that dead thing. Go away. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty wild. And it was only right before he finished writing that Ed came into the news. So maybe the movie character might have taken more cues from him in real life, but Block had already written a lot of those aspects into the book before mm-hmm. any of this actually broken to mainstream media so yeah that's really weird in my opinion then we have buffalo bill from silence of the lambs who is a combination of several murderers mostly serial killers as well as ed but the main ones i saw were ted bundy gary heidnik and ed kemper gary heidnik is one of the few cases i've ever read that has truly Shook me. I. It. I've heard a lot of true crime cases. Gary Heinicke is one of the few that makes me just cringe.
0: So I don't want to know anymore. I said before that I was interested in something, and this happened. So I can't even pretend to want to know now about this other person. Because then I'll get sad.
1: I'll give you the cliff notes version. Okay. Uh, off, just from what I can remember off the top of my memory, he over like a period of time. I think it was in the 80s. He kidnapped. He took four or five women. He kept them in his basement, chained up to a wall, mostly. Um, and then he had a pit in the middle, and he would like put one of them in there if they were particularly bad. Um, he ended up. Killing one of them. I think it originally it was an accident, but then he dismembered her and started cooking her. And the only reason he was caught is because one of the women, uh, basically, it's really fucked up because she ended up like, tattling on the other women when they would do things that he wouldn't like, Mm -hmm. but she did all this stuff to earn his trust so that he would like send her out on errands and stuff and one day she was able to like make it to the police station Mm -hmm. and like report where they were being hidden and stuff like that Holy fuck! and it's one of that and i think uh ariel castro is one of the other ones that really creeps me out but um that's just because he had girls captured for like 10 years (laughs) before he was caught yeah but um yeah. Anyway, Buffalo Bill's skin suits are the most direct- Zero. Z4. You got mute if you're gonna do that.
0: Butthole. Poop blue. Oh my. Zero's poop blue. <laughs> Zoop
1: Clackity clackity. There's his tail. <laughs> he's so cute. Oh, he's such a good boy. Uh, that was music brought to you by Zero's butt. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Buffalo Bill's skin suits are a direct nod to Ed, and then like, the pit, the girls being kept in the pit, that's like the Gary Heidnik part, for sure. And then we have Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, same there, like, really it's just the skin masks is the only real connection, but it's enough. It's enough of a connection.
0: It's a pretty niche connection. Like, I don't think yep. there's that many people just wearing faces and they're, well, everyone's wearing a face, technically. Um, but, like, yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> Usually your own. Uh, My, that kind of made me think of season two of American Horror Story, which I always felt like that was kind of a direct Leatherface rip. Um, you know what I'm talking about, Sanjay?
0: You know, I know that there's a murderer that like, that, like you just said, his name is something akin to Leatherface as well, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It's like uh, something dumb and cheesy. Yeah. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It's Zachary Kinto. And um, mm-hmm. he's like the psychologist and he's also the serial killer.
0: You got some news?
2: I unmuted myself a little bit too quickly. I'm working on it.
1: Uh. And he kept those girls in a basement, so.
0: I think it's actually just that all these people grew up in the Midwest, and they yearn, or they grew up in the South, so they yearn for basements, you know. In the South, you can't have basements. Watershed's too high. Water table's too high.
2: Bloody face. Bloody That's face. A
1: bloody
0: face, yeah. No, this it's...
1: was like Wisconsin.
0: Miss <laughs> like the Midwest. It's like the North Midwest.
1: It's the same thing.
0: It's like the opposite. (laughs) Everywhere is everywhere. It's not where you are. It's where you wear
2: faces. Side note about Zachary Quinto, because we all love him as he should be loved. Mm -hmm. He voiced a story in an audiobook I listened to the other day. Uh, It was one of Joe Hill's audiobooks. Nice. And it's a bunch of short stories. And one was written or no one was read by Zachary Quinto and one was read by Neil Gaiman and one Mm -hmm. was read by Will Wheaton and one was read by Stephen King
0: what the heck dude that
1: Sue also recently listened to like a fiction podcast thing that he narrated sorry Charlie Miller so yeah yeah, if I don't know what it's about, but he seemed to enjoy it well enough.
0: So. Stu has a good taste in um, books. Listeners, I would trust it.
1: I don't know if you heard that. He said two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. So, And he... Re- mm, oh, he was listening to Ready Player One. That's where Will Wheaton was around. Because Will, re- Will Wheaton narr- er, does the reading for the audiobooks
2: so of Ready Player One and I assume Ready Claire, too. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but my main claim to fame is Will Wheaton stopping me on the Comic-Con floor and saying, You're Captain Marvel, because I hand-sewed a Captain Marvel costume. And then he asked me to stay right there while he grabbed his phone to take a picture of me, (laughs) because he is good friends with the creator of Captain Marvel. And then he tweeted that I was a delightful woman. This was Stop. also
0: before the movie was announced, like, by a while. So it's a good time. I almost touched Felicia Day's ankle, and it was real weird. The ankle hey, was a when weird I've, situation. I, I
1: might have told you this before, but when I first started working at Radina's, Ryan would always be like, you remind me of Felicia Day. Have you ever watched The Guild? And I was like, No. <laughs> But I think the way I responded to him just, like, enforced his beliefs. It did, yes.
0: You've watched the Guild since then, right? We've had this conversation, like, three times on the podcast. Um, The Guild also, they've been doing something. I think they've been, like, playing WoW, or they've been playing a game together, which is really cool. So, thanks, Quarantine, You did that for us. That's it. Um, I have literally no pop culture about- wait, uh, kind of pop culture related to Ed Gein, Tim the Toolman Taylor- is a fucking oh racist. God. But his son voiced Simba. That's all I got.
2: And his son was one of my first crushes.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, no, his son wasn't Simba. Yeah, his son was Simba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason Thomas Taylor. Like, the... What's his name?
1: In the... Okay.
0: In the, uh... Tim...
1: Like, Tim Allen in real life?
0: So Tim Allen yeah. in real life is a racist. And, like, he's just hyper... He is a hyper-conservative, like... Pretty big douche, mm-hmm. um, but he also was Woody, and as Tim the Toolman Taylor, his son, what, what's his name? Hope is it Jason Thomas? Jonathan Taylor
2: Thomas.
0: Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I was so close. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a cool kid. That's. I have literally. I have no facts. I'm trying to distance myself from how gross this story was.
1: <laughs> I would like to. Uh, Just going back to Leatherface real quick, I would like to add to the ring Dwight's CPR mannequin episode. (laughs) Uh, Oh! Going back to two episodes ago we were talking, actually no, not even. Going back to several of our recent episodes where we've been talking about treasure hunts and treasure and adventures. um, Despite Season four being the gas leak year. Season four of Community does end with a treasure hunt, and I think it's a shame that none of us brought it up
0: yet. Oh yeah, no, it's mm, yeah, it's because of the the bad memories, the bad Community memories.
2: But we're doing there, our best.
1: <laughs> yeah, season four. There are like moments from season four that I like. Overall. It's not a good season, but there are parts of it that make it worth watching, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't like this. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. if you had to be turned into an item in your house, what would you want to be turned into?
2: Bed. Just... Same way I lived.
1: You're gonna get- I would like to be uh... a body pillow. Literally a body pillow.
0: Oh, these are both really bad. I, if I was a, like if I was somehow animated I would want to be a doormat that way whenever someone stepped on me I could go oh, like if they didn't know I was there <laughs> I think that'd be really funny like consistently funny yeah it'd be, oh, it'd be so good otherwise probably something like the top part of blinds so you like when like I'm up you can't see me but then when someone puts the blind down it's just like me that's it
2: <laughs> it's just
1: your face stretched out like Cassandra in Doctor yeah.
0: Who. And that's also what I imagine. Like hope as a bed. It's like you are like Cassandra, just stretched out and just over mattress. So Chris. let us listen to the last human artifact.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh what oh, I would also be okay being a lamp. So that in death, people could say that I lit up a room. Boo.
0: I thought you were going to try to be like the stereotypical party lamp, though, where it's like of leg, but it's like actually your leg. And then just a lampshade on top of it. Christmas.
1: Christmas. But I can't remember what movie that is. It's that Christmas movie.
0: Well, you got anything else you want to share with these these fine listeners? You got anything else to learn us? No. Then thanks. My you.
1: brain's tapped out.
0: <laughs> brain brain ran out of juice. <laughs> brain's real smooth now. <laughs> That's it.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Broadcast from the Belfry. If you enjoyed, if you learned, if you were grossed out, I was one of those, and you can guess which one. Please like and subscribe. It helps with the algorithm. And you can also contact us at broadcastfromthebelfry at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by also searching Broadcast from the Belfry. Thank you to Marshall for making the intro. It makes us sound real professional. I love it. I wake up. I listen to it. I go to sleep. I listen to it. I'm at the dentist. He's listening to it. Come on. Marshall's is doing cool shit. You can find him in the description below. Don't turn your friends into lamps, please. Uh, and send us your stories. Hang out. Enjoy the earth. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. You got anything else?
1: Don't let your dog roll in dead things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do we say to the kind people who hopefully don't have dead things in and around the property that they
1: live at? (laughs) Then they don't live in the country. Thanks for listening. And stay spooky.
0: I think it's, uh, I'm gonna butcher this a lot, but in the Watsky song, Nothing Like the First Time, uh, in middle school, our self-defense counselor told us that you could defend yourself from a predator by... Pushing your thumb in and popping the eyes out like a grape, and babe, I would pop my own eyes out just so I could give them to you. That way, whenever you go into your purse, you can looking for loose change. I could wink at you, something like that. Sluts.
2: <laughs> Hello.